Hey there, my name is Daddy, and I'm an alcoholic. Let's listen to a few seconds of Small Tall Order playing us in with their song Damaged, available on the free music archives. They're also listed on Spotify, and so is our podcast. If God were alive, he'd burn us to the ground. Today is February 21st, 2022. Welcome to season 22 or 2022, episode 52, because it's the 52nd day of the year of Daddy's Daily Deep Thoughts. And if it's your first time here, no worries. This is a standalone episode, as I try to make all of them. And the name of the series is a little nod to my uh, friends Earl, Carson, and John. And if you don't get the joke, I'll explain it sometime. So I'll say it again. My name is Daddy, and I'm an alcoholic. And when someone utters those words, you get a vision of your head. And thinking of guys for a minute, they're, you know, a lot of people think fat or slobby. Maybe they watch football. They're hanging out with the guys at the bar after work every day. Maybe they stumble home. Uh, you know, there's different types of drunks. You have your happy, your violent. And I'd call myself... Uh, the ambivalent drunk. I think that's what I was. And I'll explain what I think that is in a minute. Uh, when you think of women, I, I guess you'd think of maybe party girls. And I think of the wine moms. I've known a couple of those. Uh, but, you know, I'm not trying to stereotype or whatever, but you get you get a picture. And that's what I'm talking about. And that picture doesn't always match reality. I mean, think about why people drink to begin with. And uh, and I mentioned the wine moms, but it's also the cocktail dads. And, and that's what I was. They, they come home from work and they unwind. They have a bad day and uh, have a couple drinks to unwind. Um, you know, it, at the end of the day, what they're really doing is uh, treating their their mental health. That's how they're dealing with their bad day. That's their medicine. They'll even joke about it. But then when somebody mentions mental health, oh gosh, and medication for it, that's a whole nother thing. So if you followed the old episodes of this or, uh, or intend to, uh, which aren't for everyone, they're more adult oriented, uh, you know that, that the woman I refer to in my life as uh, pizza girl or pizza baby, uh, when I met her, she was a, a pot smoker and I used to talk to her about how my cocktails after work were a, a lot like her uh, half a blunt after work or her smoking a bowl. It's how she unwound. So the controversy around that, just put that aside for a minute. So uh, the point is, People have these different ways of unwinding. Some people work out. Some people, you know, they don't drink at all, never have, never have any interest in it. They don't even understand alcoholism. But let's go back to what I was talking about, the different types of drunk, the uh, happy, the violent. And the, I mentioned the ambivalent, and that's what I would call myself. I was the ambivalent drunk. And what I mean by that is I was the type that, you know, I was so 
I mentioned the fat and slobby. I happened to be overweight at that time, yes, but it it wasn't entirely because of drinking. And uh, was I the type that went out with the guys? I probably went out with the guys two or three times a year. I was the type that came home after work and unwound. I'd like to pick up a bottle of red wine. I liked Merlot's. I found Merlot's that didn't give me headaches. So I'd pick up a bottle of Merlot when I was making Italian and have a couple glasses uh, maybe before dinner and maybe finish it with dinner or have one before and one one with dinner and then same thing the next night. That's how I drank. I was drinking two or three drinks a, a night, a couple times a night, and then a couple times grew more often. And then on Saturdays when I was watching football, I would day drink. In the summer, if I were cooking out or something, I'd have a couple. So it wasn't just two or three a day anymore. But it wasn't every day that I was drinking like that, but I was drinking at home. And to me, that... that that made it okay. But I became the ambivalent drunk, and I realize that now. And what I mean by ambivalent drunk is that it wasn't that I needed my drink every day. It wasn't that every time I was stressed out, I immediately went to a bottle. I enjoyed it. I drank certain things. There were certain things I liked to drink, so I drank those. I realized I could drink a little more of certain things to not wake up with a headache, so I'd gravitate towards those. But what really happens is, with me, is I just stop making difficult decisions. I avoided things. So, you'd get stressed out, you'd want to unwind, you'd unwind, and you just wouldn't deal with something you should deal with. And then... Next thing you know, it's happening everywhere. It's happening with your family, your business. It's happening financially. It's happening with your friendships, if you have those. It may happen if you're volunteering at church or somewhere like that. Sure, it affected me at points there, too. That was something I did. But really, what I found happened, and I'll talk more about about the... uh, uh, a, a little bit about how it affected me personally. But but the other thing it did is in terms of you stop making those difficult decisions and you find other decisions to make. So, for example, with my now ex-wife, instead of confronting issues that were bothering me, I just ignored them. And then I drank. And then, you know, that affects intimacy and your relationship and your friendship there and you go elsewhere and that's what I did so really what happens is in the course of not making a difficult decision you start compartmentalizing your values because at the same time I'm doing that I'm still volunteering at church in fact I was really active in the Christian community but you start compartmentalizing your values and, 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 uh, and, and in some cases your persona or your persona to some degree and you're hiding who you are and, and you're only uh, practicing certain values. You're, you're selectively 
practicing your values, morals, and standards. So, in terms of why people quit and what made me quit, well, first of all, that's, you know, different for everyone. And did I, and, and first of all, do people think they have a problem, know they have a problem? If they do, should you confront them? Well, absolutely. Let me tell you what happened to me. When I was 25 years old, that's more than half a lifetime ago now. You know, I was drinking and partying a lot because I was 25 years old. And I mentioned earlier, I was the ambivalent drunk and you stop doing things and you procrastinate in a sense. And, and long story short, I accumulated 20 some boxes of junk in my life that I had to go through. And I'm going through these boxes of junk and I find an old journal entry from when I was 25 or an old journal from when I was 25 years old. And I realized I had written something about maybe I have a drinking problem. Not to mention that I got picked up for public indecency, not public indecency, uh, public uh, uh, intoxication in there. One night when I was really drunk and upset and knocking on the wrong door in my apartment complex. So another interesting thing that happened there is uh, uh, my employer wanted me to go to, to uh, because they knew I was going through a hard time, uh, like a EMP program, a mental health evaluation uh, uh, assessment. So I went to it and I remember lying on the answers When I separated from my ex-wife, I ended up with the DUI. Even my ex-wife said, I know you don't have a drinking problem. It had been a long day. I hadn't eaten. I was out late. She had been with me most of the day, so she knew I hadn't eaten. I had missed a dinner that I was supposed to have attended and still went out with a friend anyways and uh, ended up with the DUI. I know you don't have a drinking problem. In fact, she would complain about my drinking, but she complained because I was spending $20 a week in premixed margaritas, which was really about 30 a week. That's why she was complaining. So anyhow, fast forward. I talked about those drunks that stumble and whatever. Over the course of my life, I realized maybe I should quit a couple of times. One time was because I showed up to the doctor and weighed almost 300 pounds. And I realized that my beer belly was part of it and I quit and lost 20 pounds like nothing. Now I'm about half that weight. For a lot of reasons. But anyhow... So I had tried to quit a couple of times when I knew I had drank too much or something happened. I can think of other incidents that, that happened in my life where, where I thought, oh, God, I drank too much. I'm going to take a break. And I did for one reason or another. And I found substitutions, as we all do at the time, and usually mine were food at that time. But home projects, too, work projects, too. But then anyhow, the thing that made me quit is kind of ironic. In uh, 2018, I go to uh, uh, a very large Catholic church reverse raffle where 
there's tons of alcohol and food and good times. And I went with Pizza Girl and and uh, we had a great time. But we were with her her best male friend at the time and uh, who happens to be a binge drinker. Dad happens to be a functioning alcoholic. People drink a little too much. We end up back at the parents' house and it gets a little, uh, the, the friend gets a little uh, too much with his drunkenness and it starts getting a little physical in a, in a pushy, shovey kind of way. And the night ends badly because of that. And she says, I'll never have alcohol at my wedding, which I believe she probably never will. Or damn little. But then, uh, or at least at that time, I would have. Flash forward a year and we're broken up, but still living together. She's supposed to be moved out, but still living together. And this party comes up again and she goes, well, that happens to be on a night where I go out and and go out because she's back home with her friend who uh, I had spoke of earlier. And I'm uh, back in the house that we shared alone. And I decided to go out for a couple drinks that night. So I go to my favorite Mexican place and uh, the bar happens to be closing and they're testing some new margaritas and I get a few of those and then I go to another place I had gone to recently and check out a band and just have a couple beers and try to get some food there because the Mexican place only had nachos or whatever left and then I'm headed home and you know those strip malls with those bars in them that you've never been to Well, there's one down the street from my house and I decide to stop. So I go in and I get a craft brew, which I like once in a while. And I'm sitting there and I drink about half of it. And I'm like, damn, I've had too much and I'm tired and I just got to go home. So I go home and I go to bed on the couch and I decide I have to take a break because my rule at that time was, hey, two if I'm... uh, Uh, Two if I'm not eating, three if I am. And I broke it, and I knew it. So I'm laying there trying to fall asleep, deciding I I need to take a break from drinking. And I'm already telling myself, it's just a break. It's just another two or three days. You gotta, you know, you're gonna lay off, and then you'll go back to it. So I'm already justifying it in my head. And then my phone starts blowing up because guess what? When pizza girl's back home at her party, same shit happens. They have a great night, go home, alcohol, too much alcohol becomes the issue. So I'm laying there knowing things are difficult enough with her two months past when she's supposed to move out. And I decide I'm just going to stop drinking because I knew I had been drinking. Oh, I skipped something important in there. So in the course of the last eight months of our relationship, I knew I was drinking too much because of the frustration. And uh, I even said at one point, help me watch my drinking. And I was told it's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. 
someone you love and that supposedly loves you. It's not my responsibility. If someone ever says that to you, well, first of all, tell them to F off. But obviously the drinking didn't give me that clarity because it's your duty as a person to help anybody that wants help. Whether you personally help them is another thing. You can help them get help, but especially someone you care about. But if a stranger knocks on your door, it's happened to me in December, not on your door, but is found wandering in your yard and you got to help take, you know, something's wrong. You help take care of it. It's just what you do as a person. So anyhow, I quit drinking. Fast forward. That's time. That's another story. Another episode uh, for the previous uh, that goes with the previous episodes. Two weeks later, she moves out. I realize my life has fallen apart and what I've done to it. And I just decide I'm going to stay quit. And I did. And I never looked back because it probably because it took me, first of all, 10 days to get the essentials of my life together. And then when I did and I decided I quit drinking and I thought a lot about karma and how I had gotten mine, I thought, boy, I got to make right everything that I did wrong, which is how. As if you listen to the first episode, a lot of people think and a lot of people think they can do with karma and and it's just flawed thinking because you can't. And I quickly realized that it wasn't about making right. It's about doing the right thing. And the right thing doesn't always mean fixing it. It means solving it, addressing it. That's what I should say. It means addressing it, resolving it. Anyhow, uh, but talking about that, so, so, you know, how I manage the fact that I say quit and how everybody manages it is up to them. But I mentioned a couple of things there that, that go along with some philosophies of some, some, uh, groups that, that are, uh, support not drinking. So before I say too much more about that, you know, I've said everybody who drinks, every alcoholic has a mental health issue. But the truth is anybody with a brain has a mental health issue because if you've ever had a bad day, you've had a mental health imbalance that you've managed somehow. You've taken your nap and gone to sleep and gone to bed for three days. You've experienced some extreme you know, joy, grief, sorrow, pain, and you respond to it in some way to get your mental health in balance. And the truth is alcoholics are doing that every day, whether or not or every time they drink and whether or not, uh, you know, whether or not that can be managed else in other ways is really a, a function, I think, of their uh, their brain chemistry and brain, you know, imbalance. And that's personal. That's about psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, physicians. You can't generalize and assume everybody can can deal with it that way and everybody has that need. I've known alcoholics that, that are on mental health meds, drinking and not. I've known some that aren't. 
I've known those that manage it with exercise. I know those that manage it with marijuana, which is uh, in my state medically legal to do. There's a lot of ways to manage it. Diet contributes. There's national organizations that have gotten attention that that support uh, running. Uh, There's lots of ways. But I mentioned the role of karma and and trying to, to do do the right thing with people you've wronged or apologizing to people you've wronged as are supported by some principles of some other organizations that also support giving it up to a higher power and putting all your, your, your faith and trust there. But, and and this is where, you know, Hey, I might piss some people off because I, I think it's about self control more than giving up control. When I went to my DUI clinic, one of the the instructors there was a guy I would have I will affectionately refer to as Buddhist Bill, and he was talking about how he can't smoke anymore because nicotine has an addiction over him, and he admits that. Well, yeah, I'm down with that. Alcohol has an addiction over me. Am I? You know, I don't drink. Do I? If I, do I think I could go out today and have two drinks? Sure as hell do. But I'm not going to do it because it's, that's the flawed thinking that I'm, tomorrow I'll have another and then next week I'll have another. And, you know, next thing you know. So I'm not going to do it. And I really don't miss it because I think clearer than I ever have. And how I manage that and what I thought my needs were once and, and what they are today are, are personal And whether or not, you know, there was a time where I thought, damn, in order to leave the house, somebody's got to come medicate me here. But you get by that. I'll, I'll talk about my return to dating in a separate episode, but I returned to dating recently and I met someone who, who drinks a lot and I found out that, uh, 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 <laughs> well, I found that, that, you know, first of all, you, you got to control the people you're around. You got to, con- you got to control you, one of the things I need and admit I need, and I find most alcoholics need is, is, is you got to have, you, you know, you, you don't take some of the crap you used to because you don't drink your frustrations away anymore. One way or another, you were doing that. Or whatever your addiction is, forget that it's alcohol. It could have been pill. It could have. I I know someone who had a pill addiction and s- still thinks the same way. But it, it, you you it, you know there are certain things about your environment, and let's talk about people. Since I said that, first of all, you talk about about the people in your life, and you know whether or not you know, I, I do. I still like to go to a dive bar and hear a band. It's not about being around somebody that drinks. It's about being around somebody that drinks excessively or drinks like I used to. I can't have that in my life. You just can't. 
And, uh, uh, but I'll, 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 I'll say something else controversial about that. Uh, but then the flip side is I, you, you know, I met, I've met people that I, when I returned to dating, I met someone who didn't drink at all. And, and, and they had, and actually it was a couple uh, of girls and I'll refer to them as two witches, but my, the two witches were talking about how they don't drink because, you know, they call alcohol spirits and spirits is like putting evil in your body. And, you know, think of it that way. And it's real simple and it's true. Now, whether I'm not saying all alcohol is evil, but for, for the alcoholic, it is. So anyhow, uh, uh, with people I found, first of all, I didn't, uh, I, I, I had much few, far fewer friends and the friends I had were, uh, did tend to be non-drinkers or at least even the closer acquaintances, I guess. But you know, the truth is, uh, uh, at one point I experienced some loneliness because I talk about how people manage it. And one of the things I did is I poured tons of energy, first of all, into rebuilding my life because with, with that clarity, like I said, of, of not addressing difficult things, I realized how screwed up my life was and I had to go and focus on fixing things. So I had a lot to do and I poured my heart into it and I would work literally 12 to sometimes 20 hours a day but usually 12 to 16 hours a day, five to seven days a week, closer to seven on just whatever in my life. And about 20 hours a week of that went to my church in doing work for them. Literally almost 20 hours a week for about two years. And then suddenly that went away, which will be in another episode. But when that went away, I experienced a new level of loneliness because I had such few people in my life and I had been dating off and on, but was in an off period. And so I literally went out and got a housemate, which I'll call the Craigslist experiment in another episode coming up. But I literally went out and put an ad out for my ideal roommate and acquired that, a non-drinker. who actually I turned turned out I ended up being more of a sober living environment for her because she had had fallen off the wagon recently and was recovering again. But anyhow, the point is you 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 change your your lifestyle. You change your life, but it doesn't change. Because you're just really getting to the things you put off. That's what I realize now. I like a house cleaner than I used to. I live much more minimum, minimally than I used to. Because I just realize now what's important and what's not. And my house happens to be empty and I'm not going to fill it with a bunch of crap. Because I don't need to. So your life changes and my money needs to go elsewhere right now things change. You don't heal from every trauma. You're not going to make amends for every bad thing you've done. You shouldn't ignore them. You should deal with them as a demand. But when it comes to, to controversial thoughts on, on getting help and 
and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest a couple things that are controversial. Not that I'm supporting them, but I mentioned my return to dating and 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 meeting someone who's uh, who shows up with a bottle of vodka in her purse and can drink a fifth a day, and uh, literally reached out for help because and and found she was dependent and it took her a few days to get herself off three days dry she changed i could see it already mind if i have a drink tonight so you really don't want to quit you want to do controlled drinking right yes controlled drinking well i did 25 plus years of controlled drinking well about 25 years of contr- eh, 25 plus and look where I'm at today. I put off the inevitable. I knew it when I was 25. <laughs> so, you know, I guess I don't go back and think about what if I would have then be, how would, you know, how would have affected my thinking? Where would I be today? Probably a hell of a lot different. Probably never would have married my wife and had my kid because I would have quit in a whole different place. But that's, I, I couldn't have been happier about how my life's turned out so far. I don't live with regrets. I have the best, best ex-wife and best kid a, a person could ask for. I figured if you live with regrets, you're holding on to something in the past that didn't work out, and you're better off moving forward. So controlled drinking for the alcoholic in denial, like I said, I got a DUI. I didn't quit. Three if I'm eating, two if I'm not. I broke my own rules the night I was going to quit. And then, ah, I'm just quitting temporarily. And then I ended up quitting. But if you're really going to try that, you need to be honest about it. You need to be sure the people in your life understand. You need to be sure your parents, if they're involved in your life, understand. Your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, understands. Friends. Friends that think that you can't have fun when you're not drinking are screwed up to begin with. I can tell you then, they say, think of all the friends at the bar. How many of them are you going to call when you get picked up for a DUI? And it's true. The trooper that picked me, I kept saying, you sure you don't want to call anyone? I said, dude, it's 2.30 in the morning. Everyone I know is asleep or it's the guy that I was out drinking with. It ain't going to work out that way. And spent the night in jail. So you have to be honest about it. If you have a therapist, your therapist needs to know. Because first of all, if you're on mental health meds and drinking like a fish, it ain't working out. Or any drug. Regularly, that is. Like that. So if you have a problem, do something about it. If you're determined to do something and it isn't run of the mill for whatever reason, get the people in life and in your life involved with it and to be part of it. And then do what you need to do. And take it one day at a time and do one thing at a time. And I'll close with this thought. When I was talking with my friend about 
I'll call her Vaca Baby. When I was talking to her Vaca Girl, when I was talking to Vaca Girl about realizing she's drinking today like I drank, even though she's about half my age, and it's keeping her from making difficult decisions. And I told her she was an alcoholic. And like I said, at one point, she asked me for help. And when I told her that, uh, she, I also told her that pot saved my life because I had returned to smoking pot after my separation and it was more recreational and for fun, something I had done when I was younger. And people automatically think you're a stoner because of that and you're not. Not, not for the people that use it to manage their mental health. And there's a hell of a lot more of them than you know. Some are using it in honey and tea every night or when they're stressed out or in the morning or in their vape pen or taking an edible. Some are smoking it. Some are rolling blunts. You have no idea. Thank God it's medically allowed now. That doesn't mean it has to be for you. That doesn't mean it has to be for anyone. But you also shouldn't judge anyone that uses it. And one other thing, I talked about the uh, significance of the, the people in your life. Be honest with them about things like that. And if you're trying to quit and you encounter somebody that can be supportive, I know there are organizations out there that'll say that don't encourage a relationship uh, at that time in your life. And I can understand that because there are things about your brain that are jello and change. But at the same time, having someone supportive. My story, my three-year recovery story after Pizza Girl includes somebody I'll call Pasta Girl. And Pasta Girl I met at the beginning of my recovery, or my sobriety, my freedom from alcohol. I couldn't have met anyone better to be supportive of that. And she understood mental health issues because she had those. And those still can become an issue on other levels, as alcohol can. But the point is, don't be afraid to find something to anchor on to. Whether it's your person, your work, your exercise, whatever you need. And get the help you need. And get it soon. And if you fail, just remember tomorrow's a new day. And try again. Just keep one plan. Just keep working on it till it works out. Because it will. And your life will be a hell of a lot better. With that, a couple of announcements. Our website will be nobadkarma.com. We'll be up by the end of the month. And our podcast is now on Spotify. No Bad Karma, one word. And you'll find our podcast feed there. Have a good day. Talk to you tomorrow.